El Dorado, the legendary lost city of gold, was a beacon for thousands of explorers and gold seekers for centuries. Desperate men from all over the world came to South America in vain, hoping to find the lost city of El Dorado, and many lost their lives in the harsh plains, steamy jungles, and frosty mountains of the dark, unexplored interior of the continent. Although many men claim to know where it was, El Dorado has never been found. Or has it? Where is El Dorado? This is Casual History. Jeffrey, welcome back. Hello. To another episode of Casual History. It is my turn with the amazing subject. Don't worry, you probably already heard it. El Dorado. That's right. The city of gold. The city of gold. That's right. It's going to be great. What, did you know of anything previous, like before you searched on this, or where did you get this from? Oh, well, I actually got this from a fellow uh, casual historian, Trevor. Casual historian, is that what we're calling them? I think so. I, I like really it. like that name, actually. Uh, so anyone who listens is a casual historian. <laughs> well, yeah, why not? Uh, why not? We're all casual historians. Okay, cool. Uh, but send us a message through Facebook with recommendations, and I'm taking him up on his recommendation. Perfect. I actually responded to Trevor because oh, I, I didn't know if we were going to get if you were going to get to one of his suggestions right. this week. So I was going. I'm planning on doing another one of his suggestions. Oh, you're kidding. He gave like seven. Yeah. Uh, then we also got a suggestion on Twitter. Yes. Um, that maybe I can do one of those, too. I know. Um, so those who have been sending us stuff uh, for ideas, we love it. Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, and we'll absolutely uh, go through them because those are all great ideas. Yeah, there's so so many, and there's so many different pockets of history <laughs> that it's fun to, to, um, to have people provide different— Like, there's a few that uh, Trevor provided I didn't even— uh, I haven't heard about. Yeah. Um, and then there was also another one on Twitter that someone suggested that I hadn't heard about. So really? that's going to be pretty fun to get into, I think. Yeah, of course. We're all learning here. That's great. That's yeah. what this show's all about. That's right. Wholesome mess. No. Wholesome. <laughs> we're get- we try to pr- regurgitate what we can. You're right. Exactly. Um, so El Dorado is what we're getting into today. That's right. Do you have any answers, Jake? I'm assuming you're going to tell me. Answers. Before we get into that, sorry, I'm yeah. going, my mind's going. <laughs> That you've seen the movie, right? Oh yeah, I love the movie. Yeah, the animated yeah. movie. That is a very underrated movie in my mind. But that's like uh, during the era era where uh, Disney and DreamWorks was fighting, right? Animation wise. Oh, were they? This was their like uh, rebuttal to some of like Disney stuff. They got Elton John to do the soundtrack. I know, so. man. I know they stole him away. They did pretty well. I yeah. think. I like that movie. The whole, like, uh, what's the we two? We grew guy? up with that movie. Yeah, what, what are the two uh, main characters' names? Miguel and Tulio. That's right. <laughs> Miguel and Tulio. And they call us Miguel and Tulio. And then Cortez. Yeah, man. We do. Cortez is going to be all throughout here, right? I would assume. Mm-hmm. Because he's we'll a big he's a big proponent from what I know. Well, we'll see. Jeff. I, don't, I didn't know if any of that was true, though. See, this is, this is uh, the research I did was very, we're going to break down what El Dorado really is. And the truth behind it. What it really is. Yes. Are you saying it's not really a city of what gold? What I'm saying is, is there's a lot of myth and legend behind the story of El Dorado and what led to that story becoming what it is today. How we know it? Yes, exactly. 
So it's not what you think. So you're going to disappoint me and tell me that there's no real city (laughs) made of gold, and I'm going to be disappointed. (laughs) You don't know that. You don't know that. You have to listen to this podcast. Well, that's what you're setting me up for heartbreak. (laughs) I'm not setting you up for heartbreak. No, no. I'm just saying be ready to learn the truth, you know? Be ready ready to learn the truth. You open for the truth, Jeffrey? I'm always open for the truth. Good. Good. All right. You just want to get started? Let's get into it. All right. Let's just go. (laughs) So the legend of El Dorado got its start around 1535 or so when Spanish conquistadors began hearing rumors coming from the unexplored northern Andes Mountains. These rumors said that there was a king who covered himself in gold dust before jumping into a lake as part of a ritual. Huh. Uh, Conquistador Sebastian del Balacor is credited with being the first to term uh, the word El Dorado, which literally translates to the gilded man. The gilded man? Mm-hmm. So not golden man. No, the gilded man. Wait, gild means gold. Gilda means golden or gold. Yeah, I, I think it's still like the golden man. I think gotcha. that's what it relates okay, to. Okay, sorry. I just. Uh, Translation, please. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Let's just look it up. Uh, at once, greedy conquistadors set out on a search for this kingdom. Uh, Columbus's arrival in the Americas in 1492 AD was the first chapter in a world changing class of cultures. Uh, it was a brutal confrontation of completely opposing ways of living and system of beliefs. Which we, we talked about briefly, well, not briefly, but it's part of his whole story. Yes. When we talked about Columbus, for those who haven't heard. Yeah. And there's we, more than one callback in here of someone that we've talked about full podcast-wise. Yeah. <laughs> yes, in this story, which is interesting. Uh, so for those who don't know, we did a whole podcast on um, Christopher Columbus, right. and we discussed heavily how he um, right. came into this uh area and really just decimated people so yeah that's a clash of cultures am i am i completely off isn't that coming up columbus day uh yeah it is yeah oh wow it is is this monday right yeah it's i was about to say i was like i forgot wow wait it's tomorrow hold on oh fuck that dude continue on (laughs) yeah please look it up because i'm pretty sure i saw that on my calendar here recently god i don't keep up with any holidays anymore so today is october the 11th yes when is when is uh, Indigenous Day? Christopher Columbus. Um, it's Indigenous Day, but on my Google calendar, it still says Christopher I Columbus. I know. It does, too. It says both. It's trying not to upset people, and I don't like it. <laughs> okay. It's so upsetting I me still. I guess it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. I would assume. I'm not. I, I'm going to go off of your memory because wow. I can't find it so on Google. So tomorrow's for Christopher Columbus Day. Yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so Anyways. Anyway, so back <laughs> no. to the story. Yes. Uh, people started setting out. So they got wind that there was a gilded man, which means golden man, because he would cover yes. himself in gold dust. Yeah, they were hearing rumors of a ritual where a person covered and completely covered head to toe in gold dust would dip himself in a lake. Which would make sense to think that that means there's it's an abundance of gold somewhere that they exactly are at. And so, so. that immediately grabs the attention of everybody looking to get rich. Well, yeah, which is everybody. Which is every single person, right. <laughs> yeah. Every single person in the world at this time. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so this is also a, what I say, a completely opposing ways of living and system beliefs. Right. Uh, the Seekers of El Dorado were Spanish, but there were also some exceptions. Uh, legendary uh, courtier Sir Walter Raleigh <laughs> made two trips to Ganya to look for El Dorado, which he also known as uh, Moana. Uh, okay. While failing to find it on his second trip, he was executed in England. Oh, so he was sent off as a courier? To find it, yes. Gotcha. And so that was another name that we've talked about 
and stuff uh, all mixed in. Do together. we know who who is the executor? Who is the? It says England. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but who? Because someone had to give the the order. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like who I was imagine at the, the time? King. Yeah, but who is at the time? Who's the king's queen? I don't know. Okay, um, <laughs> that's a good question. What year? Was, what year did you just mention? Because I'll um, look it up while you're talking for fun. Uh. It says he died 1618. 1618? Okay, yeah. so continue. Yes, anyways, you can look up the king and see who, who made the final judgment. Um, the European myth that arose of El Dorado as the lost city of gold, waiting for discovery by an adventurous conqueror, encapsulates the Europeans' endless thirst for gold, their drive to exploit the new lands for their monetary value, which we know, you know. Right. Just to pop back in with that fun yes. piece of information who executed the courier who could not find the Eldorado for England. Yes. It was King Charles. King Charles. He was, uh, he actually just began his rule in 1618. He ran a 30 year rule from 1618 to 1648. Man didn't find Eldorado. Um, he, yeah, but it was his first <laughs> year in office. <laughs> first year in office. <laughs> you know, first year elect. I don't feel like that's going to make, you know, people like you. It, well, I maybe mean, it was. you know, business has to get done. It's a new regime. You know what I'm saying? I guess so. Anyway, that was just a fun fact, Charles. Uh, <laughs> Rain ran concurrently with the Thirty Years' War in Europe. Um, oh, wow. Anyway. Wow. So that was, side I just, jut. I like I, that. I like the side jut like sometimes. It. <laughs> Gives so it a broader anyway. scope of what's going on. Yes. Uh, so the South American myth of El Dorado, on the other hand, reveals the true nature of the territory and the people who live there. For them, El Dorado was never a place, but a ruler so rich that he allegedly covered himself in head to go- from head, head to, to toe, toe each morning and washed it off in a sacred lake each evening. So it was like so his do morning this every routine. Day. It was a skin routine. Dude. Yeah, you talk about a face mask, skin just care. a full body mask of gold. Yeah, it's the best kind of skin care. Yes, of course. Let me wash myself in gold. I'm sure his skin was flawless. Well, if he did it in the <laughs> evening, that would mean he would walk around with almost kind of like in gold crusted on uh-huh. it like dang that must have been a sight yeah with the sun baller. beating down you know he just kind of like got gold flakes <laughs> looking like edward from him. twilight just sparkling how do you even find so gold sorry yes <laughs> so gold, gold flakes what they would break up they would find these gold flakes and it was just they would stick it on how did they that's what i'm curious. how do they stick it yeah, on it? like you want to know like how they actually did yeah, <laughs> how they put of. gold dust I don't know. That's a good question. Like sap, tree sap, and just like Maybe. throw it at him. Do you imagine him just like jumping in a pool of sap? Kind of sounds like pretty bad. Just a roll in some gold and yeah. be like, look at me, I'm a baller. I wonder if they did like have Man, to roll in the gold. Like he had a bed and he just like, they covered him in like this tree sap, Ooh. right? And then he just like laid face first. Okay, roll over, king. Turns over. And then he's just like, that's it for the day. Just for the legend. Just to yeah. do it for just a legendary status to walk out every day covered in gold. So you are disappointing me off the bat. With, How? Well, it's <laughs> that. This is pretty cool itself that the man covers in gold, covered in gold. But. It's a pretty cool ritual. But. But what? It's not. It's not a city. A city a made out of, of gold. gold. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, National Treasure 3? Like keep to going. Me, or was I'm it 2? A... I think it was 2. National Treasure 2 lied to me. Yeah. Well, those. Movies aren't exactly. I accurate. love those movies. Me by too. The way. Sorry to get just keep getting sidetracked, no, but they're making another one. Are they? Of course they are. Uh, Nicholas Cage is going to be the star again, uh, but now it's going to be old <laughs> Nicholas Cage. He was already old. 
Have you seen him on Twitter? He's I have become not. a meme. It's pretty great. Oh my god! What? I can't even imagine what his Twitter looks like. No, it's it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I'm gonna have to follow after. Okay, that. so the legend started from the king who wrapped himself in gold. Okay, yes, this is here in the rumors. Right. Yes. This is the rumors. So, so far. the real story behind the myth has slowly been pieced together over recent years using a combination of early historical texts and archaeological research. At its heart is a true story of a rite of passage ceremony carried out by the Musica peoples who have lived in the central Colombia area from uh, 800 A.D. to the modern day. Wow. Yes. Been uh, there a while. Exactly. Different Spanish uh, chroniclers arriving in this alien continent in the early 16th century began to write about this ceremony of El Dorado, and one of the best accounts comes from Juan Rodriguez Perel. Okay. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, in Pharrell's book, The Conquest and Discovery of the New Kingdom of Granda, <laughs> Grandada, I think is the name. Granada? Granada. Yeah, it is Granada. <laughs> yes, Granada. Gran- oh my Granada? gosh, you could tell I've Granada had a day. Or Granada. Granada. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Published in 1636. <laughs> Trust me, I know everything. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I believe he you. Tell- <laughs> he tells us that when the leader died within the Musica City, uh, the society, the process of succession, for the chosen golden one, in quotes, would unfold. Mm. Uh, the selected new leader of the community, commonly the nephew of the previous chief, would go through a long initiation process culminating in the final act of paddling out on a raft onto a sacred lake, such as this Lake uh, Quantiva in central Colombia. Wow. Yeah, so this is come from, coming from a real ritual happening. So it has to be the nephew? Because how do, how do I sign up? How do you, you want to sign up to be the next ruler? I want to be covered in gold. That's oh. really what I... <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could do that in your own home. You have money to if buy I some have, gold? If I have <laughs> money, I guess. Gold flakes, you know? Dude, you, do you, do you, what do you think people would do? Probably nothing, but it'd be really funny if, like... It's kind of like those painted men in New York City yeah. or in random you cities. You can't really rob you because it's all over you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just walking around with gold on you. Yeah. It's just a statement. Most people, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So it was the nephew normally of the chieftain whoever yes. died who was normally passed on to that nephew. But why the nephew? That's a weird not the son. No. It's an it's an interesting uh Maybe it keeps the power moving. Maybe. In like a circle almost. Man, I would hope so. I mean you hear about obviously about like lineages and like um it passing down from like yeah, the same yeah. like son and all that stuff. But obviously that gets mixed in and there's like incest a lot. Yeah. Different things like that. So it's interesting. Huh. Okay. So that there, there began a ritual after that of uh, for the nephew to swim out in the lake, yep, the sacred lake, mm-hmm. covered in gold. Or at this point he's covered in gold. Or... Uh, it doesn't even say covered in gold. He says the final act is paddling out on a raft onto the lake. Okay. And then probably jumping in. Jumping into the lake and um, washing yourself. Yeah, okay, I guess. With your ancestors. Right. I don't know. Uh, in the mythology of the Musica, uh, mine of the gold or golden color represents the energy contained in the trinity of Chimigangua, okay. which constitutes the creative power of everything that exists. Right. This is their so belief. That their they, religion. Yes. And um, surrounded by the four highest priests adorned with feathers, gold crowns, and body ornaments, uh, the leader, naked but for the covering of dust, would set out to make an offering of gold objects, emeralds and other precious objects to the gods by throwing them into the lake. So El Dorado did get <laughs> that part right. 
Yes, in some sense, right? Tushi so, Bulba? Tushi Bulba was <laughs> the line in the Eldorado movie. For right. people who don't know, we're, we're referencing the Eldorado movie, the animated yes. movie. Um, which is a great movie if which you haven't is, seen it. Sorry if that's <laughs> <laughs> offensive, but that is our best recollection. That's my, the story, how I heard the story well, you of Eldorado. Hear... You heard that from like, a, it was that animated Pixar cartoon. Well, yeah, I've never heard of the true like meaning behind Eldorado besides that I knew it was just a, a fake belief that people believed. I didn't know it was somewhere. fake. I just thought it was a legend like Atlantis. You know, yeah, you don't know what the real history is, and it, you kind of assume that it could be real, but it could not be. <laughs> exactly. So, that's that's the same category that I have it in my head too. Right. Before learning or reading any of this, but was, they did offer gold objects to their god. Yes. And in the lake. Yeah. So a lot is around this lake. So if someone would have found this lake. Oh, yeah. Someone dig out this lake now just full of emeralds They and would gold. find that at the bottom. Yeah. Wow. So that's the city of gold. That's the lake of gold. Maybe. I wonder if that's still out there. I wonder if it's they found be, it. Right? I mean, right. How do you know which one? If you're saying that the legends came from 1500 or... Yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about in 15... What? So that's not too far along where it can't still be there. It would be at the bottom of the lake covered. Like, yeah, but like that's... So you just have to excavate findable. the bottom of this lake. That's findable. You want to go? <laughs> Let's yeah. run a boat, Jeff. You're Let's saying go. Columbia? Is that the, yeah, the Columbia. Area, main area that's they're right. saying it's at? Yeah, that's right, in the jungles. Wow, okay. Would you be willing to trek the jungles to find this? Well, here's the thing. Here's my immediate reaction to that. Right. The, the lake. It had to be a big enough lake to be sacred. Like it's not, I, don't, I doubt it's a pond, right? If they're oh, calling sure. it a lake and they're throwing all these items mm. into the lake and it's like a sacred place, it must be of some importance or look like some importance. Or mm. So the right. body of water makes me unless think, okay. Unless it's hidden by really dense foliage from like the rainforest or the area itself, um, you could probably find it on Google Maps. Like, well, Again, I wonder if it's, it's the, the size, right? That's what I... I sure. That could probably be... It could um, be anyway. Lost within time of how big this sacred they call it. They call it a lake there anymore, right? You know. But then it would. Well, why wouldn't it exist anymore? Well, like lakes and stuff like that change. Lakes dry up, change, change directions. Rivers change directions. Yeah. Like you never know. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just I'm accounting for the unknown. That possibly maybe there's just like a pit that if you buried deep enough, you would just find this somewhere there where old lake used to be. Well, wherever it is, that obviously is still got to be there. Well, Unless gold. someone else is well, gold it. doesn't break down. Gold right. isn't affected by other elements like everything else. Which would be. is where my thinking goes. Oh, it'd still be there if yeah, the, yeah. if the lake still exists. If let's presume that mm-hmm. the lake that it's in question, the sacred lake, is still like there somewhere in Colombia. Yeah, and no, and like if no one really has found it, like we're all saying, no one's really found it. So right. it would the gold would definitely still be at the bottom of that lake. Well, un- let's go. Let's unaffected. get rich. <laughs> I'm down, Jeffrey. This is the time. Everybody, everybody listening, we're all going to go, okay? We're just going to pool together our money, and we're going to go and get rich together, and we'll just split it even, okay? Everybody cool with that? Calling all casual historians. That's right. <laughs> Only the people listening to this podcast can join us, but we have to, we're going to go 50, we're going to go splits, what go we'll halfsies. Do, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, like, gather our gear, we're going to have to, like, set up shop, gather gear, yeah. and then we're going to have to have, like, a, sesh, a couple months session of we're, just research. our training. Yeah, why you get conditioning? Who's training? Who's conditioning. Training? conditioning okay. You gotta get you get all your shots, man. You gotta true. I mean, you gotta be prepared. Well, I, my my thing would be about 
heading of the expedition, I would, it would be about <laughs> locating the the area. We'd have to like encircle an area first. Oh sure, and then get in there and like yeah. But what well, tools we're planning would you use? Discovery Live right now. We're planning this <laughs> right now. What what tools will we use? Like, Screw the podcast. It's the bottom of a lake. Who knows how deep this lake is? We'd have to use sonar. But then, or that, we'd get a diver. We'd have to. One of our casual historians has to get a diving. But what if it's like you still have to dig at the bottom of the lake? I mean, you know how hard that'd be. Well, you could. You could. Uh, can't you use a metal detector under uh, yeah. when you're scuba diving? True. So but does it? Does it come up precious metals like that? I. I, I mean, again, see, this is all part of the research plan. Right. <laughs> We're gonna have to get a scuba diving know license. And I know iron, nickel, stuff like that shows up, but like, would straight up just like solid gold show up? Yeah, I believe so. That's what that's what the whole thing is with the well. It's a metal detector. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Sorry. I think there's I mean, a gold precious is a metal. gold. Hold on, I'll look it up. Okay, it's a research. Okay, that's <laughs> okay, a past. I'll continue, thing. and you go ahead and look that up. By I'm the excited. way, by the way, we've talked about our other second podcast idea. I um, want to do this. What's, what do we call it? I don't uh, uh, searching for history. Something excavating. No, I don't know. What we yeah, it was. It. Uh, God, I don't even remember <laughs> what you called it. Yeah, it was something. Should have wrote it down. But it's with metal detectors. We were just planning like a live metal detecting hunt and like uh, talking about what we places. find. Yeah. And then also having a subjects and just talking. It'd be really niche. It would be. But it'd be fun. Yeah. Anyway, this is kind of like our halftime. Okay. Let's get back into <laughs> El Dorado. So, of course. Okay. Yes. Where did we leave off? We left off about- The nephew. Um, no, we left off actually about- them throwing gold objects and emeralds and stuff like that into okay, the lake. Okay, that's right. God. Sorry, how did I forget into that? Into the we sacred just, yep. lake. Okay. Uh, the shores of the circular lake were filled with richly adorned spectators playing musical instruments and burning fires that almost blocked out the daylight from this crucible-like lake basin. The raft itself had four burning fires on it, throwing up uh, plumes of incense to the sky. When at the very center of the lake, the priest would raise the flag to draw silence from the crowd. This moment would mark the point at which crowds would commit allegiance to their new leader by shouting their approval by, from the lake shore. Fascinatingly, many aspects of this interpretation of events have been validated by painstaking archaeological research. Research that also reveals the exceptional skill and scale of gold production in Colombia at the time of the European arrival in 1537. Why don't we do anything cool like that <laughs> for our leaders? Yeah, like what a cool thing it means something it like kind of gives everybody like uh hmm, this is our this is our guy look how like sacred and this look how um important this is look how we are like everyone's there it feels like a moment like they made right. a moment yeah um what an interesting the, time the, the um cycle i guess they did it that was like a tradition but that's what i think is i think is something that is um really cool about older well, cultures in different mm-hmm. places like they make moments to talk about like they make the moments feel like something more than just the average which gives um i almost feel like is the reason why a lot of them have like the unexpected cultures have survived is because based on those traditions of like the importance that they give um their like just different depending on the culture True. the elders their people they respect like there's they created a whole society and like traditions around keeping it Sacred, which yeah, I think they is made important. It a spectacle. Yeah, which I think is important. It's something we don't do at all. I don't think in modern Western civilization, like we don't, we have certain traditions. Of course, like the presidency switching out every four years. But, but like, also, there's no, 
Also, uh, to it. There's no like fireworks. There's, <laughs> there's no like you know. I mean, there might be fireworks, fire. right? There's no fireworks. <laughs> we don't raise a flag in the middle of a lake and and, and dust cover. Time. Our, yeah, cover, Co- our cover our leader our in gold dust. <laughs> what is he or she is naked? Like, no, we don't do that anymore. Plus, I don't want to see that. All of our old leaders are old. <laughs> exactly. We don't need old leaders now. We need younger leaders. But okay, oh, it's boy. separate subject. Separate subject. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really cool though. But I, yeah, what a cool what a cool thing to do. Um, I could rant about that for yeah, a while. But again, like uh, another thing that we do that's ceremonial that isn't necessarily needed, but we do to uh, from years of culture and our own thing is funerals, yeah. like grieving our dead by burying them in caskets and all those things. All, those are ceremonial things that are very like passed down, um, almost not, 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 not logical. But more or less, like, comes from an actual, like, culture of, like, doing it and, like, respect and, like, out of a, a reason. Yeah. I, I just wish we had something more in the uh, the the respect regime <laughs> toward, yeah. towards leadership. You want an epic spectacle. Towards leadership and towards, you know, making, like, keeping our people, like, keeping a group together, I feel like, is important through not Rallying just... the troops. Not just through birth, right? We kind of have a ceremony around birth, like, birth oh, sure. and then death. Like yeah. there's the in between parts. There's some moments that like I feel like deserve to be sure um, to keep people together. I think is important. Yeah, I don't know. It's a thought, but no, oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, so they do that. That's, that's right. A, that's a cool little um, ritual they do. I do have some really cool pictures of actual gold, like statues and things that they have found from this culture in Colombia that I will be posting on Twitter afterwards. I have a whole bunch. Cool. Um. We post that on Facebook as well for anyone who wants to know. We post some extra just photos or maybe articles sometimes that we've read about the subject we talked about. Um, yeah. It's on at Casual X History for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. That's right. So you can look at them and kind of get a better picture and see what we're seeing, like when we when show we discuss it. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Tundro's offerings or offerings to the gods were left in sacred places like lakes and caves um, within Musica Society Gold, or more specifically, an ally of gold. Silver and copper called Tambaga was highly sought after, not for its material value, but for its spiritual value, its connection to the deities, and its ability to bring balance and harmony within Musica society. As Musica, as Musica descendant uh, Eurek Gonzalez explains, gold does not symbolize prosperity to his people. Hmm. So it was, again, like, they had a different connection with this. The worth was different than monetary. The yeah. outside world saw gold. It's all monetary value. Monetary. And they kind of had a more spiritual connection. They believed it. that it brought balance. Right. Which is the reason, obviously, he was able to wake up every morning in gold and not have people. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very spiritual thing. Instead yeah. Of, makes sense. Yeah. Instead of like a baller thing. <laughs> yeah. Still. <laughs> still baller. Still is. Um, although the musica are known as the origin of El Dorado myth, because the Zippa rituals, they did not actually have an abundance of natural gold. Rather, they were rich in salt, emeralds, and copper. The Musica were prolific traders, exchanging their natural resources and handicrafts for gold from neighboring regions. Huh. With a population of more than 500,000 people, they were notable for being more centralized politically than any other South American people outside of the Inca Empire. Wow. Is, yeah. So I think if, that many people... Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's right. And uh, this next part says, Numerous small districts, each with its own chief, 
had been consolidated through conquest and alliance into two major states and uh, several lesser ones, each handed by a hereditary ruler. Although these states were not very stable, it seems clear that the arrival of the Spanish cut short the development of even larger political units. Yeah, that seems like they were on their way. Yeah, they were on their way to becoming, like, again, an empire with, like, not yeah, that they multi- didn't have staying multi-social, power. Multi-social, like, uh, yes. like, depth. <laughs> oh, yes. And, I like, being able to keep that many people together in any way, I feel like at that point in time, had to be difficult. Oh, yeah. It's different. It, it, it's going to from... sustain it. It's going also from tribal society to a... Uh, I mean, there are, like, specific terms for that. Yeah. Where there are, like, levels of society throughout history. Yeah. It, but they're, like, I think... They're right on that edge from going from tribal to actually becoming like, I don't know what you call it. Like a state, state, like, like all as one. There is an exact term for it. Like before Genghis Khan went and grabbed all of those other like chieftains and became a centralized unit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um, (laughs) There's a big shout out to our Genghis Khan. (laughs) If anybody wants to go listen to it, it's popping off still. (laughs) Yeah. But their, their political structure was crushed in the 16th century. In the 18th century, their language ceased to be spoken, mm. and the musica became assimilated with the rest of the population. Wow. So that's, that's what became of the people. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, sad. It is sad. So was it our friend Cortez? Mm. Well, <laughs> do we want to take <laughs> a break say. before we get into that? I think we should take a break. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and take a break then. And we're back after that wonderful ad break. If there was an ad there. It helps us support the podcast, and it helps us provide better content. That's right. Wow, that sounded professional, Jake. You, you that sounded, sounded very you professional as fuck. That huh? sounded like a <laughs> podcaster outro after an ad. <laughs> you did. You did a really good job. Thanks. Uh, for those who want to continue to support us, really just the big thing for us is being able to talk to you and um, get ideas and discuss. That's really what we're doing this. We love. We're discussing amongst ourselves, but we want to talk and... Uh, kind of grow our little base of people uh, to have conversations with, to be honest with you, not yeah, just on absolutely. the podcast, but on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, We'd love to get to a place where we had like a small community of groups of like uh, where I could see something during the day and go on, go on to our Facebook and know that these people are interested in this historical thing that I read today. Right. And there could be like a discussion on there. I, would, I feel like we have, I would we love have that. quite a, a, a little bit. A little yeah. bit of some people. We're getting there. We got some people, which mean the world, which is pretty. I know. Like, um, you're pretty cool. Your comments and stuff make our day. I don't think you understand. Yeah, just think like literally just <laughs> on any interest. Two likes on our Instagram. I'm like, oh, I know. It's same. <laughs> Anytime we get like a new like or something, I'm just like, oh man. Yeah. Wow. That's so nice. Because <laughs> they just found us out of nowhere. Yeah. A hundred percent. For those who don't know, if you haven't already, because I think majority. By the way, I think we have 70% of our listeners are subscribed or 80% of that's our incredible. listeners. So for the other 20%, hey, that's that's all right. But it, it I don't think it would take any uh, much effort to just press the subscribe button. Yeah. I mean, it's not really much commitment. You could always unsubscribe later. Yeah, that's a pretty easy you know, thing to just, do. You know, just subscribe now, and then if you're not feeling it later, then you, you take it off. Yeah, take it off. But don't. <laughs> but don't. Just forget about it and leave us subscribed. For those who, okay, last tag, we'll get back into El Dorado. Yes. Um, you can find us at Casual X History on all of our social media, um, Instagram, right. Facebook, and Twitter. All right. Back to El Dorado. Jake. Back. Hit right. us with it. <laughs> so we left off where um, we talked about the Musica people. If I'm yes. saying that word right, Correct. I'm trying to 
copy you. Um, <laughs> these people were on the edge of, they had about 500,000 people. It was kind of semi-stable of a society amongst yes. little uh, smaller chiefs that kind of ran a conglomerate yes. <laughs> city-state thing. Yes. Um, and they were the uh, proponents of El Dorado in the legend of El Dorado based on the rituals. rituals, which are the rituals in, um, in case, encasing their chieftain in gold <laughs> dust every morning and white, washing them off. Why does it sound in, so sexual? In the- <laughs> encasing your chieftain <laughs> in golden flakes. <laughs> I just had to say it. Um, it wash them off in the lake and there's other rituals. If you haven't, if you listen to this far, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know. So you know, yeah. <laughs> let's jump back into that and what oh led to the demise of this and what kind of, I'm assuming, arose the The Europeans, basically. Right. Came in and kind of cut the society short. Yeah. Okay. The only reason I mentioned Cortez before, which I know it probably has no mention of Cortez in here, it is. Okay. We'll see. My mindset came from Cortez being a hell of a guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In decimating uh, local people and populations. And I thought from the movie that maybe there was a similar, similar truth there to El Dorado. Obviously, there's not. But there was the Spanish you said first, or who did you take it from here? Yeah. What, what happens? <laughs> well, I was going to continue with uh, the musica to kind of explain a yeah. little bit more of that. Yeah, let's do that. But uh, because the musica were talented at crafting items from gold and were well known for their dedication of those objects to the Guadatavian gods, they were mistakenly assumed for centuries to have been sitting on literal, a literal city of gold. Mm. So, Jeffrey. This is where you break my heart. I'm here to break your heart. El Dorado never existed. The musical people paid a steep price for European centuries of assumptions. So it never existed. It was all based out of rituals and hearsay that kind of telephoned itself over there that they were literally sitting on a city of gold because if they can cover their their king in gold for a ritual... That means that there's an abundance there that they don't even realize right. what they're on. Right. So it was a difference between cultures and what people wanted, what they saw value in. That breaks my heart. It, it sucks. It's a terrible story. You know story. me. I'm a, I'm a three on the mermaid scale. Like, I want things to be real, you know? <laughs> me too, man. I want I it. went into this thinking, like, I want to hear theories on where it's at, pinpoint me. I'm going to look at, like... Google Earth, and I'm going to be like looking for pinpoints, like you did for that one episode. Yeah, for, for Atlantis, uh, Atlantis, which I believe I discovered where Atlantis. Is. I know, I know. <laughs> I honestly, you convinced me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That Atlantis um, podcast was, but fun. I was expecting that as well. And so reading that was like, oh shit. <laughs> well, at least we do know that they their offerings to the gods is somewhere out there. Yes, exactly. That there is gold somewhere. At the bottom of a lake, if that lake's dried up. Yeah. Somewhere in, in Colombia. Somewhere. We huh. should, we should go around looking for Sacred Lake. Can you point us to the Sacred Lake, please? Yeah. No, they'll find it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, for the musica of today, just as our ancestors, gold is nothing more than an offering. Gold does not re- represent wealth to us. That is from a quote from one of the descendants. Wow. Um, so recent research by Maria. Elisa Uribe Villegas from Museo del Oro in Bogota and Marcos. Man, there's so many names. If we knew Spanish. <laughs> Institute of Archaeology. I'm just going to end it with Institute. This is Spanish, right? Yeah, so much. Okay. Yes. Uh, has shown that Musica Society, these gold objects were made specifically for intimate use as offerings to the gods to encourage them to balance equilibrium in the cosmos. 
and ensure a stable relationship with their environment. So they did it to help the world. Yeah. Yeah. It was never about going. They felt like felt this was the way they didn't worship gold. That was just their way of what they thought the gold, the gold represented, which would make the assumption stronger that if these people had an abundance of it and they were just able to make these items and cover the chieftain, like the assumption is they saw it differently. They saw that as that's the, but it would make sense for the the assumption to be, well, these guys don't even care. Look at them. They're throwing it in the lake. They must have so much of it. True. You know? Yeah. That must be like, again, all that led to the devastation that led after. Yeah. Which is really sad. Um, According to archaeologist Roberto uh, Larez Perez, an expert on musica goldworking and belief systems, the creation used for musica metalwork was distinct in South America. No other society, as far as I know, dedicated over 50% of their production for votive offerings. I think it is quite unique, he says. The gold objects, like the collection uh, that they have there on display at the British Museum, were made using uh, the lost wax process, creating clay molds around delicate wax models before melting them and casting them in gold. Hmm. So since all the gold objects in each offerings have the same chemical signature as well as unique manufactured traits, it's clear that these objects were being specifically made for this offering and may have only been in existence for a matter of hours or days before being deposited. Right. So they were making them just a th- to, for offerings. Yeah. There was an intended use. It wasn't a thing they had lying around that they made. It was, oh, yeah. we're doing it for this purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Um, incredibly, a gold raft depicting a scene exactly like that described in Juan Rodriguez uh, Farrell was found in 1969 by three villagers in a small cave in the hills just to the south of Bogota. The scene of a man covered in gold going out to the sacred lake, such as Lake Guadativa, is the real story of El Dorado. So I have a picture of that. I'm going to be posting it because it's a very cool golden structure. And I think Can that I that was it? found. Yes. That was genuinely found in a cave. Wow. So depicting the actual ritual itself. And it's all on like a slab of gold. Oh, yeah. It's solid gold, man. Crazy. Yeah. Showing like what? Like. That's got to be worth. Six people and then a. That's got to be worth insane amount of money. I can't imagine. I can't even imagine. Wow. Um, Yeah, you're posting that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, good. It's a super cool picture. Uh, The way the story grew into the myth of the legendary city of gold reveals the distinct way in which gold was a source of material wealth for the European conquerors. They had little understanding of its true value within Musica society. European minds were simply dazzled by just how much gold must have been thrown into the deep waters of the lake and buried at the other sacred sites around Colombia. In 1537 AD, it was those stories of El Dorado that drew the Spanish conquistador Jiménez del Quesada and his army of 800 men away from their mission to find an overland route to Peru and up onto the Andean homeland of the Musica for the first time. So they made a, a divergence in their original plan based on the rumor. Exactly. To try to find the gold. Right. Uh, Quesada and his men were lured even deeper into alien and inhospitable territories where many lost their lives. But what other Quesada and his men found asto- astonished them, as the gold wor- workings of the Musica was nothing like they had ever seen before. The exquisitely crafted gold objects used technique beyond anything ever seen by European eyes. Tragically, the desperate hunt for gold is still very much alive. 
archaeologist working at the fantastic research institution of uh, Mizo del Oro and Borgata are fighting against a rising tide of looting. See? Like, what we want to do, too. Well, we don't want to loot. We don't want to loot. I just want to find yeah. it. Find history, man. <laughs> uh, Which, well, God, yeah, that does sound like looting, right. doesn't it? It, it kind of does. Yeah. Indiana Jones was looting. But he gave it back. You're right. He it was belongs doing it. in a museum. Exactly. That's why we like Indiana Jones. It belongs in a fucking that's, museum. That's why I would do it. I would want it, want it to be in a museum. I just want to be Indiana Jones. Can I do that? Yeah, I have a photo of him here. Do you? Yeah. He's I literally idol. have all three of his movies in VHS sitting at home. Yeah. We call him like it's not Harrison Ford, but still. I know. The man. The, the man. Legend. Um, if you didn't look up to him, like, what did you do? First of all, one of the... <laughs> He's great. <laughs> Not to talk about the movies, but literally some of the best action scenes for what they are, like no CGI, straight up just action setup scenes. Yeah. Like maybe ever at that time period. Like it's so good. You, Yeah, you're a big fan. It's so good. You're a big fan of the movies. I, do, I like the it is ideas. One of, it's one of those classic um, no frills uh it's pretty action frilly. scenes. It's pretty okay. frilly. Yes. The whole movie is, we don't have to get into that now, but the whole movie is pretty 80s. No. What do you mean, man? The the guy who, okay, we can what get about into the, this What later. about the tank? What about the tank scene? Do you remember the tank scene? I remember the tank scene. You know how well choreographed you have to be? You know that he put his real life on the line to do that, where he was hanging off the side? Do you remember that? Yeah, but, Okay. There's so many like amazing no, I, like stunt I, I, scenes. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. Okay, but I'm more of a fan of the ideas of the movies. Me too. More the than adventure. That, the, the movie. The feeling movie. of adventure. Yeah. Yeah. More I, than that creation of the movie. Yeah, I think I just have a different respect of it. Like I still feel that adventure, but now I see it with new eyes of like, wow, what it took to make this to movie. film the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fantastic. some good subjects we'll have to get into. But uh, so just like the European conquistadors of the 16th century. Their modern counterparts, counterparts continue to ravage South America's past and rob us of fascinating, fascinating stories behind it. Um, the quantities of gold uncovered by these looters are, is still astounding. In the 1970s, when new sites were discovered by looters in northern Colombia, it caused the world's gold market to crash. This El Dorado-inspired looting of gold has meant that the mass, vast majority of precious pre-Columbian gold objects have been melted down and the real value of these artifacts as clues to the workings of an ancient culture have been lost forever. Uh, fortunately, surviving collections of objects curated by Mezzo del Oro and Bogato uh, in the British Museum in London can provide an insight to these different perspectives on material value and human perception, and most importantly, tell the true story behind the myths of El Dorado. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the true story of El Dorado. Wow. So there's no city of gold. There's not, unfortunately. Kind of sad. It is sad. Did you it's, hear it in my voice? <laughs> kind of sad. A little bit. Um, it. I think it's. I think the main moral of the story is that at all, at all opportunities, we need to be protecting culture, um, and that it has more value than the actual things that they're made out of, and the clues that they leave behind about our past about people's past about humans in general um how people live like that's way more important so it just makes me sad to hear culture being lost that's that's what devastates me more that the city isn't real that there isn't a city a block of gold yeah is more of um losing who we are as as a people like a part of our story 
mm-hmm. that devastates me more than anything reading this. Yeah. But just thinking about this now, actually, I was uh, just thinking about this right now. I, there probably is something like this out there, but maybe we could tweet some sort of, is, I'm sure there's something like a funding thing where you could donate to uh, the preservation of like certain uh, cultural objects. Yeah. Or stuff about like, we should find. We should do some more research on that, and we should try to come up with a list, and then um, uh, be able to post them out. That'd be fun. Yeah, just just for people if they wanted to or felt so inclined. But I think this story—that's what it kind of screams that importance of not losing uh, who we are as a people. And there's so many stories that we've already lost that can't be brought back. Yeah, and so it's important to moving forward with the stuff that we do find to make it an important thing so that we preserve it for future generations and so we can know where we came from. Yeah. I know I just said this, but it cut off, but I would, yeah. we, we had a, a mini conversation before we realized that the mics cut off, mm-hmm. but we were just discussing to that point how this has happened throughout history and just different points of time that I'm realizing more and more that pieces of uh, objects for the moment were used like that like i i use the reference of the the pyramids right yes. that think the uh, limestone and case casing blocks that are gone now because it was looted during different p- yeah. points of time because the, it was obviously it's used for the moment and monetary value or however they were using it the mummy's tombs yeah you know how many tombs have been looted and destroyed yeah which that brings me to a different thing but i won't i can just touch on that yeah um that is also someone brought up a very interesting point when they were showing they just discovered um, some more. Yeah, they uh, tombs done by the. I I know this story actually. It's it's not. It's it more like of, twenty tombs that were discovered and opened, and then now they're on on display in a museum. It just yeah. brought up uh, ethical questions that someone said it that I never thought about it that way before. That it was like it was like someone digging up uh, a person you know's grave and opening it up without their permission kind of deal yeah. like it really is that's what they're doing i have a differing only in the fact of if it's like done by the people who's like descendants of the people who are learning about their like it was done it wasn't like an ex from what i've but read it wasn't done to be d- dug up and open again no but but at what i'm saying it wasn't the initial and like the dig wasn't done by um like it wasn't for um uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't done by a outside party. It was done oh. internally. Okay. And it was a um like it was um like they they're on display in a museum and it was also again it was through their whole like internal um, right to learn more about their culture and to uh have more clues about their past which I think is all good. But it, it just yeah. no one had I don't have nearly the the uh the knowledge to like adequately like no. have an opinion. No, I so am too. I just, I try to read and like try to interpret and then like whatever the, whatever the people who actually are affected by it say, I'm like, that's it for me. Like, cool. I'm good. Like whatever you say, if you're affected by it and you don't like it, cool. Fine by me. I just don't have the information. Yeah. No, I'm in the same <laughs> way. I just, it's more of something that like, it's just because I never thought about it before. And I saw someone tweet about that in a way that was a different viewpoint that i never viewed about like discovery like a mummy and actual like human remains being brought up yeah and i just it was just something that like uh intrigued me and so i thought i'd bring it up i have of course like i have no um exactly i'm the same boat as you i don't have enough knowledge on like the culture the foresight the people to know um if that's offensive or not or or like if that's a line or not i just thought it was an interesting view that I had not seen 
in a perspective yeah. I didn't know or didn't think about. Yeah, it's until a good, just now. good thought, good thought provoking. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good thought provoking thought. Nice. Um, thought provoking thought. Well, thanks for bringing in the subject today. Yeah. Um, man. I know just a quick side post update. We did miss the last five, two, uh, five minute histories. Yep. We were both moving. Yes. We're officially in the new space. Um, or I'm in the new space. He's That's in right. a different space. <laughs> we live in different places. Um, but I finally have all the rigs set back up, so we should be able to be back on schedule. Yes, I'm um, excited for that. So that'll be good. And uh, this is kind of our kicking back into gear yes. uh, podcast. So Yeah, it's been so hectic in everybody's lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yours and mine, as far as like scheduling, getting stuff together, having a billion things to do. So this will be good to get back. We finally have a studio space. Yeah, and now we can start kind of figuring out how to set this up better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and to advance it, I'm excited. Yeah, so but the tech, everything is here. So obviously, we're doing a podcast. We can everything's <laughs> wired up. So right. we're good to go for the future. All right, well, cool. And I'm I appreciate excited. everybody who's shown love on the last podcast. It's done really well. Yeah, the the growing, uh, continued growth has been really um, hopeful. Yeah, it's been incredible and feeling good. So I know. Let's keep it going. I'm Let's excited. keep it going. Casual historians. That's right. Um, Unite. <laughs> we will see you next Sunday for a deep dive podcast. And um, we are going to be doing a five minute history podcast, either Wednesday or Thursdays yep. or um, output dates for that. And it's more of a short story for those who haven't listened to any of those yet. Um, just kind of a moment on history that we try to recurgitate into five minutes. So quick bite for your day. Yeah. Anyway, follow us on social media at Casual X History, and we will see you next time. All right. 